Welcome to another episode of The Shiv and the Haggis Show. Greetings and salutations, fair folks from around the world. Indeed, indeed. So this episode, <laughs> we we had a long debate about. Um, let's start off with uh, how but, some STDs got their names, or how they should have been named. Right, and, and the thing about this is... Um, this all stems from a conversation between Shiva and I, and uh, after telling a couple of friends about it, they're like, Oh my god, you should do that as a podcast! That's so funny! So, um, you know who you are, people. Yes, Miss Courtney, you know who you are. Um, anyway, but that's just one of the many people. By the way, talking of people and listeners... I want to say thank you. A huge thank you to all our listeners and downloaders from all around the world. We're um, we're glad to have you. I actually haven't checked our analytics from <laughs> the last episode. You lazy sausage. That's your that's your job, manager. Your mom's the manager. Anyway, so let's go back to why STDs have their names. So I'm going to give you a little scenario of how this conversation came about the other day. As usual, I'm a haggis, so I'm kind of a little bit wild and I have to be outside, right? So I've been doing gardening, working my ass off. Uh, I don't think I've got much of an ass left anymore. I worked it that hard that day. Um, Now, here's something that a lot of people do not know about me. Um, Due to an immunocondition, I'm actually allergic to sunshine. I'm not allowed to get more than, uh, I think it's what, 30 minutes of sunshine in a day. So I'm supposed to cover up or put a crap load of the, what I call, pasty reflection paint on me. You know, the, um... <laughs> your, your day glow protection. My day glow protection, aye. And, um, because haggises are mostly nocturnal anyway, so that might have something to do with it. But, uh, that didn't happen because I didn't have any of the, uh, anti-day glow. And I had gone out and I had been in the garden in the blazing hot sunshine for about... Well, 12, maybe 16 hours, something like that. And like I said, worked myself almost to death because I had no hiney left. And my face was like a beetroot colour. So if you think of a really nice, deep red beetroot, I was beetroot. And my face actually felt like it was burning. And I was sitting in the shade, enjoying a nice uh, sparkling water. Because um, I'm prone to sparkling water with grapefruit. And Shiv comes out there to join me and chit-chat and shoot the breeze. And I said, Shivy, my face feels like it's burning. And Shivy said... I know nothing. No, that's not what Shivy said. She's damn lies what that is, Shiv. What Shiv says to me is... I actually don't remember what I said. <laughs> so, yeah, I know Shiv nothing says, works. She says, yeah, you're a bit red, darling. And does the whole hand maneuver like she's polishing of, my face. You got a bit red on you. Yeah, that's what she said. And there I said, we well, go. that would be the syphilis you gave me. And you said... Get it right. It's gonorrhea. And I said... Gonorrhea. I said, now there's an interesting thing. Because we both start laughing because we know that's a joke, right? There's... N- yeah. A huge joke about sexual Plausible transmitted disease. Yeah. yeah, is right? what this is. Plausible deniability. And I said, no, are you sure it's not syphilis? Because, you know, with syphilis comes insanity. It affects your brain. And my brain must have been affected because I was out in that sun for, like, almost 18 hours. So. <laughs> and I didn't shag any sheep. 
Yes. So hang on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We'll get to the sheep shagging part in a minute. So how this goes is I looked at Chev and I said, gonorrhea, are you sure? You know what? That sounds really bad, gonorrhea does, doesn't it? Sounds like it's gone in her ear. That's what it sounds like if you slow it down. If you ever have to pronounce that phonetically, folks, gone in her ear and then say that fast ten times and I bet you it sounds like gonorrhea, 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 right? And I looked at Chev and I said, you know what? I want to... Isn't it weird what names we have for sexually transmitted disease, right? Um, you know, gonorrhea, syphilis, chlamydia, all these different names. I said, but for gonorrhea and stuff like that, I want to know who the hell came up with that name. Who discovered it and who gave it that stupid bloody name that sounds like it's gone in someone's ear? What, you couldn't fit it in the normal places of poking? You had no. to go in the ear? What's wrong with you? So I'm like, you know, and I said, it sounds like, you know, a gong or something. Or So, Chevy, being Chev, picks up their phone to Google it. And I'm like, no, no, don't do it, because I know this is going to be a mistake. No, Chev Googles it and then goes to the least trusted... <laughs> <laughs> the least trusted encyclopedia online that I can think of, which is Wikipedia. And it led me to an actual medical website with yeah. this research on it. So now, um, Shiv's going to tell you what they um, read out to me, and they were cringing and they looked ill, and I said, I looked at them and shaking my head going, told you not to read it. So here's the facts about gonorrhea. You read your facts, Shiv. I don't have the facts up. I can't oh. find that page Well. Anymore. The gonorrhea apparently um, actually means a seed flow. And I thought, I've just been out in the garden planting fucking shit. I'm never going to look at seeds and the flow of seeds ever again in the same light. Ew! And the polygraph results determined that that was a lie. But then we he- then we were reading, uh, well, Shiv was, not me, thank God. I would have died laughing, I wouldn't have been able to read that out loud. They're reading about the fact that gonorrhea used to be called the clap. And I started snickering at this. Until you heard Until, wait, wait, why wait. it was called the clap. Well, there was two different theories as to why it was called the clap. <laughs> the first one was, it was the sound that people made that their private area made when they urinated. Are you telling me they're that flappy? It sounds like they're clapping. Oh, look, it's, it's the gonorrhea flow. Flap, 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 flap. Yay, woo! No. And then there was the other theory as to why it was called the clap. Shiv will explain this one, because this one makes me cringe and giggle at the same time. Yeah, the other facet of this is when that they... Uh, <clears throat> In order to drain some of the infected matter, because <laughs> just thinking about it makes me cringe a little bit. Even they though they would you, take you've two got a grin on your face, and they would clap those books together again with your with a male's penis between them, as hard as they could. So it would make a clapping sound. Uh, yeah, it would make a clapping sound followed by a blood curdling scream, as their testicles would ascend back up into their body. <laughs> But the funny part is, while Shibby is reading this to me, and they said, it's called the clap? 
Why is it called the... And people are asking why it's called the clap. Me, quick as a lightning rod. Didn't mean to say it out loud, but I did say, well, you know what that is. I says, that's because you'll get an on... That's because it comes back for an encore if you... An encore if you don't treat it right. So that's gonorrhea. And then we were talking about syphilis, right? So syphilis is a very interesting one too. Al Capone died of syphilis in jail. Well, well... But I'm like in prison when that happened. But yeah, that's how he died. Does it come from the sifs or the sylphs of Greek mythology? Are they ground zero? Oh, and this is another interesting fact about gonorrhea. By the way, the first actual written testimonial and recordings of gonorrhea was actually by a Chinese emperor. Yep. Who wrote about it in his journals about his concubines? So, here's my next question. That's one of the most oldest ancient forms of of record. So, does that mean he was ground zero? Was he patient zero? Or he was just someone that was more astute and noticed what was going on? And did he clap about it? Because he was clever (laughs) enough to notice. Oh, my Lord, no. I'm sorry, I couldn't resist that one. Anyway, syphilis comes from sheep. Yes, that's the that's the one about the sheep shagging. Right, so Shiv's going to explain this one to you. Well, I'm not Welsh, so I probably can't. I, I can't either. I don't have the Velcro gloves, the wellies, and the knee pads. Yes, you do. They're in the blue room. No, I don't have the Velcro gloves and the knee pads. Well, borrow some from that Welsh person down the road. I don't know any Welsh people around here, honey. <laughs> but... I bet you go outside, you bleat like a sheep, you'll find someone that is. Oh, quiet now. I think the shepherd's coming. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, I think of that. Every time I hear about syphilis now, I think of the song by Weird Al of Dirty Deeds Done With Sheep. <laughs> that sounds like a goat. Oh, that, that, that's olive oil, honey. <laughs> I'm not Dornish. <laughs> but, yeah, so syphilis actually is a sexually transmitted disease that started with sheep. We are not going to even begin to explain to our, our um, <clears throat> listeners how sheep gave it to humans. Use your imaginations. But we can gather that, you know, where Ground Zero was. Hello, Wales. And New South Wales. And Australia in general. And uh, Wales near England. But I don't think it was the actual Welsh that started it. I think it was the English. I think the English got over there, got bored because uh, they couldn't find any of the women because most of the women were probably minors, just like their husbands. And they was like, well, she don't look too bad after a few beers. Come here. (laughs) Come here, Dolly. (laughs) Okay, so that's where syphilis comes from. It comes from sheep. So the joke for that one is that if you're a sheep shagger, you're more likely to have syphilis than I am. And you're more likely to have your brain infected. Syphilis is... Oh, but here's an interesting fact, folk, that not many people know. Did you know concurrently... The origins of syphilis. Yay! Shivy's got it. Shivy's going to read that in a minute. Archaeology magazine. 
Wait a minute. So you this can, is going to be good. You can read that in one minute. Let me give. Let me get this out first. There's one fact. Did you know that right now, in the state of Maine, that's M-A-I-N-E, which is in the United States for those who aren't here, it's actually right now got the highest rate of syphilis per capita of populace and has now become the capital of syphilis in the world, in the whole world. It has the highest amount of stuff. And most people don't even know they've got it. They have a lot of tourists that go in and out of there. And a lot of people want to get themselves tested. Probably because they're embarrassed with their promiscuity. Well, I don't know. Pre-2020. Maybe there's a lot of sheep up there I missed. It, it, in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. 2010s. Right. Syphilis was in higher number amongst the homosexual community. The gay community. Yes, it was. And that's because... Gay men don't like to cover their stump before they hump. Yeah, they never wrap it before they tap it. Especially for the quickies. But, according to Archaeology Magazine, Go the origins it. of syphilis was the French. <gasps> Those dirty frogs. <laughs> Voyeur! <laughs> <laughs> Voyeur! I've been watching you as smokes my gawa. You voyeur! No, fuck off before I insult your parentage. Your mother was a oh. hamster. And your father smelt of elderberries. Now go away before I taunt you a second time. <laughs> oh dear. So now, my apologies go out to the Welsh and the Australians because we now know the French are to blame for shagging your sheep and getting the syphilis everywhere. Thank you. Well, what's really funny is that article in Archaeology Magazine, because that's where I found it, also named, let's see, the Venetians, Nepalese, and French. So anywhere in that end of the Mediterranean, kind of Gibraltar area. And that's old world. Mm-mm-mm. When when Columbus came over and <laughs> tertiarily discovered America, because let's face it, he was the third person to do so. Uh, when he came over to uh, tertiarily. He brought syphilis with him. And along with smallpox, raped and pillaged his way m- measles, chickenpox, murder, slaughter, theft, and stealing. Yeah, yeah. But they blame Christopher Columbus for bringing syphilis to the New World. I wouldn't surprise me because he was a sheep shagging fuck. Dirty, mm. dirty colonizer. Here's an interesting fact about Christopher Columbus that not many people know. Did anyone know that he was actually interrogated by the Spanish Inquisition for a week? Because of something that was written in his logs. That Yeah, that he's Jewish. Mm-hmm. What happened was, the story goes, that as they were sailing across to America, which was already discovered, because the natives and the indigenous people live here, um, but, you know, white people, um, as they were sailing across, they saw a USO. And yes, I use that term, which means an underwater, um, I can't remember what it means now, but basically it's an unidentified, uh, submersible object. And they saw this light that came up, this object come up, and as it rose up, it had a certain amount of lights around the side, and he was heard to comment the words, wow, that looks like the candles on a menorah, before it took off, because it followed their ship for quite a ways. 
when he got back and his logs were being examined, the Spanish Inquisition got hold of his ass and tortured him to see if he was Jewish because, you know, that that was the new thing back then in the day. That and witchcraft. So, anyway, back to Shiv. What's the other thing you got to tell? What's the next, what's the next STD we can have a giggle about? Oh, Jesus Christ, there's so many of them. We, we I want to talk about crabs. If you uh, got for crabs, a minute, no, no, no. I want to talk about. I don't about, want to know. <laughs> I want to talk about crabs for a minute. Who in their right mind would call them crabs, especially when you eat? You can well, some crabs are edible, and I guess some guys are getting double their dose of the muffin duffin. Well, <laughs> sorry. I, I I know why they're called crabs. the The real reason they're called crabs is when you look at them through a microscope, they resemble little crabs. Right, because they are actually an arachnoid um, infestation. They're a louse. Mm-hmm. So. And no matter what anyone tells you, shaving your, your, your pubes does not does always not get rid of them. Nope. And neither does um, witch he- pouring witch hazel on them, pouring bleach on them, or any of that shit either. Just to let you know. Oh, there was that one idiot that used gasoline and set his crotch oh my on God. fire. Yeah, that so, was hilarious. No, I'm sure that made them scatter, but I'm sure they went back <laughs> as soon as it was repaired. The level of stupidity a person has to have in order to light their crotch on fire. Oh, my God. The funniest one I ever saw when I was in the nursing. A guy had, quote-unquote, crabs. So he, cause, well, he said that his girlfriend had told him that she had crabs and, and she didn't know where she got them from. And I'm thinking, mm, yeah, okay. Once a hoe, always a hoe. Not for the garden either. But anyway, so um, he thought he might have them too because he was getting a wee bit itchy down below. <laughs> I can't. And he had read in some old book somewhere that bacon grease works. He didn't think to let it cool first. He poured the fucking hot fat of bacon grease. Oh, he fried up a pan. That'll never make me well, want bacon ever again. Well, Have you ever smell like, a person's flesh burning? It smells like, like pork, pork and bacon. No, well, thank you. It, it, it's the level of stupidity. It's, it's about as bad as the 88-year-old dude in France that mm-hmm. shoved a freaking artillery shell up his ass. And then said he didn't know how he got there. Yeah, and... The, Liar! Goes into the hospital and they had to call like the bomb squad to come and like make sure it wasn't going to explode when they tried to remove it from his butt. And then when they found it was inert, they got it. <laughs> what are you supposed to say to an eighty-eight-year-old at that point? Wow, you're eighty-eight, huh? Surprised you lived this long. <laughs> Jumping bomb it, artillery shells up it, your ass. It, it, it's that level of stupidity. It was that a World War II really artillery be. shell too. I have to wonder where the fudgy got the no, I don't want to know. It, it, it's that oh, level it's of about the shape of a dildo. Let me try this. <laughs> it's, that, it's that level of stupidity that there's there's no true measurement. There's no <laughs> there's no metric to measure it. No, I've got to the point. I swear, I've got to the point. Of, my people skills are just fine. It's just tolerating stupid that that I've got to work on. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Moving on, <laughs> let, let, let's let's move on to our our next level of uh stupid <laughs> well for you that's inbreeding but so we done crabs we done uh do we know about well we know that syphilis is from sheep um 
her pieces is allegedly from snakes. Really? Herpes is allegedly Alleged, from, from... Allegedly. Okay. Now you've got some explaining to do for that oh, one. Jesus Christ. I don't get paid enough to do this shit. Not even for this show. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, my. Science Daily. Here we go. I'm going to read this little bit from it. Humanity dodged the genital herpes bullet. <laughs> Almost. Okay. Uh, somewhere between 3 to 1.4 million years ago, HSV2, which is herpes, jumped the species barrier from African apes back into humans. Which means it was in humans to begin with. Because it said back into humans. And, okay. And that's not what I typed in. I just want to know the origins of the uh, thing. <laughs> Apparently <laughs> it's jumped from humans to chimpanzees to apes to gorillas. I just want to know where it started. What What is the origin of this, this nastiness? Mm-mm-mm. Cold source. So we know that's because we all, if you don't know that a cold sore is a fucking herpy, you might want to go get re-educated somewhere else. I've got, I've got a fun fact for you. You ready for this? Did you know that Lil Wayne has a song called the gonorrhea song? Yeah, because he's, he's patient too. He's patient number one. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Wow. It's colloquially known as the clap. Chimpanzees are the origin of herpes. Chimpanzees. Are you sure about that? That's what it says. That's what all the information says. Hmm. Herpes came from chimpanzees to humans. And humans gave it back. <laughs> I said, here, you can take this. We didn't need it the first time. Apparently. Hey, it's no worse than um, koalas with chlamydia. Meet the guy who gave you herpes in Cosmos magazine. Here we go. What's the hat? The Cosmos magazine had, under paleontology. Meet the guy who gave you that gave you gave us herpes. There, really, it's a picture of a fucking a, a skull of some kind of hominid or something. But herpes apparently was discovered in Tanzania in 1959. What gonorrhea was? Herpes, not oh, gonorrhea. Herpes, I'm still reading about herpes. I'm, I'm sorry, gonorrhea. I'm like, what the hell? It was the the the, the type of hominid was called the Nutcracker Man. Oh my god! I you... can't make this shit up. <coughs> I told you this was going to be a fun one, people. The things you wished you didn't know. Go on, keep going, Chevy. We're it, listening. It also says the haggis is a bitch. 
I hate you too, baby. Because you want to keep this STD conversation going all episode, and I'm just, like, not into it. <laughs> okay. Here's a good one for you. Sick. Um, trichomoniasis. Came from you. Prevalence is highest in the African region and the Americas, especially the West, Western Pacific, but it's the lowest in Europe. But trichomoniasis, or tri- trick as it's also called, because you get tricked into getting that shit, um, has actually caused a lot of deaths. Now here's here's an interesting thing. In 2013, it caused 3,200 deaths because it wasn't treated and wasn't even recognized. That's actually pretty scary deal. And that was just here in the States. Um, so, yeah. And one of the few drunk, uh, drunks, drugs that was actually used to treat it originally back especially in the early 19th century which would be the 1800s for those who don't know the difference um was actually silver nitrate powdered silver nitrate being shoved up your or down your boop boop boo-doo, uh, to try and fix it but here's a funny one did you know that pope boniface rescinded the requirement for physicians to complete studies of the for the lower orders of the Catholic priesthood, and therefore it's, it spread through the Catholic priesthood for a while there. That's some scary stuff. Anyway, would we like to talk about something else? Yes, we would. Let's get off the STDs. I have seen some most awesome, excellent signs today that I really want. Mostly sarcastic ones, but that's because that's me. How's that working for you? Mm, not too good. It's called save up your money first. <laughs> so, Shiv, if, hypothetically, you were given, I asked you this question the other day, too. If you were given $1 million, what would you do with it? Move the fuck out of this hellhole country. <laughs> and leave everybody I don't like behind. Oh, I'm not giving you a million dollars, and if I ever win the lottery, that's all that. <laughs> it's like a lottery, just to win the lottery, just to have enough money to put on the lottery. Um, the lottery is a scam. Mm-hmm. It is the biggest Ponzi scheme crafted by the U.S. government to trick people into spending their money. Yep. And what's the point of them saying, oh, you'll win this much when they take two-thirds of it away anyway? That and the odds are astronomically high. Yeah. The likelihood of you winning the lottery is so high that you stand a better chance of getting hit by a plane. While or sitting a on your bathroom. from the plane than winning the U.S. any lottery in the United States. And that's the truth. Same goes with a lot of these. Um, there's a lot of scams right now. Electronic scams, email scams, and uh, game scams out there online. All crafted by the people in power. Um, do we want to talk about the scams that, or the asshole kind of emails that we get for that? <laughs> you mean like emails like uh, how to make your dick and your pussy ten times bigger than it actually should be? I'm sorry, I just birthed a child. I don't want to stick another head back up there. 
anytime soon. Or does your your vagina itch? Does it burn <laughs> when you pee? That just means you need a bigger dick in there. I no. get this is actual emails I get on a daily basis. The one I the ones I, I get is um hot Russian beauties waiting to suck your cock and I'm like Oh, my other favorite what? one is would you like to fuck your uncle? What? Oh god no. Email trace that one back to a congressional office. Oh wow. I've had ones that say things like how to make how to enlarge your penis for twelve more inches. I'm like Dear God, no wonder they they just don't want people to think, do they? Because if all that much blood has to go to a penis, where's the blood for your brain? My, my my favorite my favorite penis growth advert email I got is use the Anunnaki secret of <laughs> whacking your sphincter with a salami. What? Yes, to make your penis grow back then. up to thirteen inches bigger. The Anunnaki didn't use a salami to beat against their asshole to make their tiny dicks 10, 20 times bigger. Is, so even, we don't possible. even know if Anunnaki had dicks. Come on, they were bird-feathered beings that were like 10 times the size of humans. I'm telling you. They probably had in vitro fertilization or eggs or some shit, but I don't think they had no dicks. You know, they probably made the like chickens one, or something. The, the other one, to make your prostate feel better so it doesn't itch... Apparently, your prostate itches. A prostate itches. Do you hear that, Apparently. folks? It can actually itch on the inside. Use you this know, Japanese reach carefully secret. when you give it a scratch. Use this ancient Japanese <laughs> secret of using a bamboo stalk to slap your anus. No, I'm I'm good, thank you. <laughs> we do get some really weird um, emails. <laughs> Next thing you know, they're gonna have. The Appalachian hillbilly secret of shoving a moonshine bottle up into your poop chute, and then you bust out this this corn mash, and you light a match and launch yourself into orbit. You know why that'll never happen, darling? Because half those people in the Appalachian they don't they can't read, let alone type and use a computer. No, I'm, I'm sorry, saying, that's a bad joke. I'm just saying that's going to be the next one I get. It'll probably be this <laughs> fucking week. Oh, oh my God! I've had, my I've had some really weird. Um, yeah. One of the weirdest things I heard today was actually on a show, another show that Chevy was watching, and they were saying we need to get to, everybody needs to get together and write to Bill Lee and blah blah blah. And I says what? So we can sell oh, your address and your information, and you can come after your family. Was- uh, I think no. That was at the Glad Awards in response to Bill Lee's ban on drag queens. Mm-hmm. His ban on reading about drag queens. His ban on reading and learning about the LGBTQ community. Because Not he is a, dra- a drag queen, queen in training who worships the golden bust of Nathaniel Bedford Forrest on our tax-paying dollars. Can we say conflict right there? He's probably got a split personality disorder, dissonance of some sort. No, he's just a drunken, inbred piece of shit like the rest of the Republican Party. Well, there is that too, honey, but... They know, are technically authoritarian, racist pigs. And that's true too, people. Unfortunately. Sorry, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little heated on that topic. Well, we've had problems with Bill Lee for a very long time. Him, Marjorie Taylor Greene, what's the other fucking bitch I can't remember the name of? 
Lauren Bobert. Oh, for God's sake. I, did, I didn't graduate high school, and I was an escort, and I'm still an escort, but, you know, you have to respect me because I sneak guns into the Capitol complex so I can shoot Democrats. Who was that one that was on the NRA bullshit the other day? Christy oh. No. Honey. Governor of South Dakota. Another racist pig. Gee, what I would like to do is have a button that you could just press that would poof these and people of existence because we don't need these this racist prejudice. Another thing about Christy Noem that most people don't seem to know about or seem to forget is she bragged about being at the insurrection on January 6th. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, she did. And um, that there... Uh-uh. Oh, and this other stupidity, I'll tell you what I'm very passionate about right now, which really, it's really irking me to the extreme, is Making the fact... attorneys get attorneys? What's that? Making attorneys get attorneys? Because that's what MAGA stands for right now. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta love the people over at Midas Touch podcast. <laughs> the, the acronyms are great, but one of the things I am really aggravated about right now is this new legislation that the Republicans are trying to push through, so that Trump can't be held responsible or accountable for any of the fucking crimes he's committed, not just against. Um, different states or uh, different policies, but the people of the country as a whole. Ah, he cannot be held accountable. That's what they're trying to push right now, and that is just uh, mm. that would be Ohio Ohio Republican Representative Jim Jordan, who is not an, a lawyer. He does not have a law degree. He never went to law school. Who is the head of the House <laughs> Judiciary Committee on Oversight? The man is trying to have it passed with the help of a legislator from South Carolina to make it so Donald Trump cannot be brought to court or charged or criminally investigated for anything. That is the first step in authoritarianism that it's leads to dictatorships, history. tyrannical behavior. Yep. Pinochet did it. Berlusconi did it. Hitler did, did it. it. There's a whole load of really bad fucking people in history that have all done this. It's called skew within the rules so they can set themselves up in a permanent position. Well, I got news for you people. And I tell my students this all the time. Gods have been taken down by lesser mortals than I. Now, see, when Berlusconi did it, it backfired on him. Hard right. And if you don't believe me on that, uh, there's a book. It's called Strong Men. Mussolini to the Present by Ruth Ben-Ghiat. Brilliant She's a historian. Book. Who studies dictatorships and authoritarianism? It's a great book to read. You'll, it, it even takes on Trump in this book and mm-hmm. points out that he is using the authoritarianism playbook to his advantage, and he's got the help of the Republican Party to do it. Yep. Just like Hitler, actually, and, and not a lot of people know this. Um, Hitler was a drug addict. <laughs> He was, but he wrote and one of his true. biggest things, Mein Kampf, while he was in prison, but all the things that made him masterful, quote-unquote, right? You can't see the air quotes, but masterful in air quotes, over his country and his people with his speaking was because he went to Mussolini for several years to learn. 
He learned it all from Mussolini. And then he got coaching. He got some of the best in the business of broadcasting and filming to coach him on the best way to turn, the best way to act. And that's what it is. A lot of them act in a fantasy. They're acting out their fantasy. And they're using us all as pawns. Go, Shiv. The good thing there is uh, everybody seems to think that was Hitler and his uh, lackey Goebbels that created propaganda in the modern sense. No, that was Mussolini. Right. Mussolini worked in journalism for years before he started the fascist party. Yes, he did. I, I, I don't know what else to say about that, but, you know, that's what... If you, if you look through history, most of these authoritarian dictators like Gaddafi, Mussolini, Hitler... Yep, Idi Amin, Idi Amin. yep. Uh, Moboto. Mao, even. I'm sorry, but even Mao. Yeah. In the Philippines. Putin. They all use propaganda. And when they get caught, they blame everybody else. Yamashita did the same thing in the Second World War. But they they shift the blame onto the people. Mm Mm-hmm. To keep themselves from getting caught. Right. And eventually they get caught. Like Mussolini and his family. They were all held into in a gas station, then blown up. Right. Hitler shot himself in the head. Or at least that's the claim, because no one's actually... All right, so here's an interesting fact about Hitler's uh, reported death. It was reported by the Russians' allied forces at the time. The Russians said they found the two bodies, and they put them in a pit, and they burned them. They believed that was Ava Brown, his lover, right, or wife, or whatever the hell she was, and him. Okay. But... It's also well known that... At the, this is the conspiracy part of me coming in. It's also well known at the time that he also had places built in uh, southern um, America, in places like Argentina, and places like that. There's no proof. But there was no... Like they didn't prove that it was Hitler. It could have been someone that was to look like him, you know? Like, what do you call them? Like a copycat kind of... A double, Right. Like I said, there's no proof to substantiate that. Right, but they found a lot of proof down in Argentina with records and different things and reports and and what people... forgeries created by the other dictators in South America in German communities to keep his memory alive. Okay. Uh, I didn't say he made it down there. I'm just saying they know he had things down there. Because I know that he was shipping a lot of his scientists and some of his top dogs over there, which is why some of them never got caught for their war crimes or tried for their war crimes. And here's another interesting fact about Hitler. Hitler was actually half Jewish. Was it his mom or his dad? I can't remember. But one of them, I think it was his mother, was Jewish. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he was actually persecuting the people. So does that tell me that he hated his mother? Because when he starts climbing to power, you suddenly don't hear anything about that woman anymore. I often wonder sometimes if he had her dispatched. His father too, apparently. Hmm. Um, again, he was a failed artist, was he not? Actually, there's there's a guy here in the states that collects everything Adolf Hitler, including his paintings. Oh wow. Um, he's caught up in the Clarence Thomas scandal right now. Really, that's interesting. Um, he has paintings. Okay. Adolf Hitler did landscape paintings. Right. And they were actually pretty good. 
He should have stayed an artist. Even his sister said he should have. Went I didn't even know he had artist. a sister. See, yeah. I've just learned something new, folks. Acqu- uh, his, according to his sister, about five, ten years after World War Two ended and Reich collapsed mm-hmm. and all that shit, she said he should have become an architect like he wanted. Didn't have the skills to be an architect, but that's neither here nor there, right? Right. But that's interesting, folks. I didn't even know Hitler had a sister. I mean, we all talk about the man, and occasionally his mother's mentioned, like I said, you know, we knew that his mother was Jewish, but at the same time, folks, the rest of the family is kind of a grey area, because you don't hear much about that. And if you notice, um, a lot of dictators, or a lot of authoritarian states, or propagandists, you'll hear more about them than you will about their family. The time their family comes in is when they are right up at the forefront backing that person up every step. And if you look at Trump's family, a lot of them, like his kids, have been backing him at every step, which is why they're at the forefront, right? Um, That's another sign of an authoritarianism, especially if you've got the family backing you. And I can think of um, several dictators that did that before they became a very bad tyrannical state. Um, And it's not a good sign, right? Because the Allied forces have already made that uh, declaration that uh, if this is allowed to go through and Trump's allowed to run for office again, because that's what they really want. They they can't even control this man. The Republicans can't even control him. Why the fuck would they let him run for office a a second time? The one thing that's between all the other dictators through Mm. the ages, you know, Gaddafi, Berlusconi in Italy... Osama bin Laden was even one of those too, really, if you think about it technically. Uh, Pinochet. Yeah. The French Chile. Mm. Uh, One thing they all have in common is government. uh, Because they were all two party countries, these these ones. Right. They all had the government, one party in the government, enable them. Right. And do everything they can to protect them. Exactly. The United States right now, as of today, it's 2.07 p.m. Eastern Time. Right. The United States is five steps away from becoming an authoritarian state. All right. So for those who don't know what the five steps are, Shiv, would you mind enlightening us? Well, the one that, that comes to mind that's at the forefront is the Republican Party trying to make sure that Donald Trump cannot be prosecuted. Right. That is the first step. That is almost the last step, too. Yeah. The moment they they say that Donald Trump is above the law, it is game over for the United States. Right. Because Donald Trump can do whatever he wants. He can walk into the White House and say, I'm in charge, you're done. Well, hasn't he already been... Um voiced or or heard to be saying that if he has any of his enemies he's going to make sure that they they are are put to death if he gets in power right that's the second step the third step well first step was the insurrection that kind of failed right he can have his followers and his base rise up again and do it all over Mm. or he could bribe people in the military which apparently he's already doing oh boy because How did you hear about that one, Shiv? I have to ask, sorry. Leaking sensitive government military movements 
to the Russians. Who? Uh, that that person that they just arrested the other day under the Espionage Act. Yeah. Uh, he spouted the the requests from Trump. Oh wow. And they actually have facts for this, don't they? They actually have facts, and this can be backed up. And oh, I'm sure it can be. Uh, the fact that it all relates to the Ukraine conflict. Ooh, interesting development. Kind of tells me a lot, but it also kind of says that. <laughs> your phone's uh, acting weird. No, that was my watch. Was that your watch doing that this time? Siri on Apple See, Watch is weird. That's why it's say. telling you. It doesn't understand. Explain this to us commoners, you know. <laughs> Sorry. Because because of Trump's very, very close ties to uh, Vladimir Putin. Right. That would be also kind of complicity in uh, authoritarian regimes. Right. Because all the people Trump praises that aren't from the U.S., they're all dictators. Right. And I noticed that, too. But Except you know. with the exception of uh, President Xi. Okay. He's not so much a dictator because the Chinese government is it's only one party. It's a closed kind of thing. Right. So it kind of, you can't really call the man a dictator or an authoritarian. But he's pretty close to it, would you not? Well, I don't know a lot about the Chinese government, so I couldn't really say. Well, it's... Okay, so for those of us from the older generations and somewhat a little bit older than Chevy, uh, do you remember Tiananmen Square? That would be the next question for our listeners. Um, um, So Tiananmen Square, right... Um, when people actually made a stand against the government. Um, People were tired of what was going on. They were trying to make a difference. Um, They were victimized. They were... It it was pretty bad. And I remember uh, watching live, actually, um, on the BBC channel, because I was back home then, and and watching the... the, uh, the young student who had the flower that walked bravely up to the tanks and was murdered. Okay. Uh, the tanks didn't care. They ran over. They had been sent out on a mission and their mission was to quaff it. Right. So and when people tell me about, well, there is this, there's this, there's this. And I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm listening and I'm thinking, when does it really stop? Right? When does the violence really stop? When do we stop the violence? When do we actually have a chance to show that we actually care? We're not. Look up your Tiananmen Square, and then you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. But the government was pretty bad back then, and from what I understand, even though there's been like uh, I believe minor improvements. It's still not fully improved because <clears throat> it still has the same uh, similar parties that it had before, right? Um, it still works on a dictatorship to a certain degree and um, people are still having issues with it. So then I have to ask, is anything ever going to change on that matter? Um, Tiananmen Square, for those who remember, was pretty nasty. I mean, just pretty nasty as it was. So, 
<laughs> I don't know what to tell you other than that, really. Here, here's another sign of Trump being an authoritarian. I'm going to read this from uh, Strongman. Okay. Okay. Uh, during the pandemic. Yes. Dur- what? Mass sickness and death are compounded by the awful realization that the head of state has little interest in public welfare. Right. It is what it is, Trump said in September 2020, upon learning of the deaths of 1,000 Americans per day from COVID-19. His chilling statement conveying the strong man's lack of empathy. The former president staged effectively staged effective political theater around his own bout with coronavirus in October 2020. Mm-hmm. His balcony performance after he returned from being treated at Walter Reed Hospital reminded many of Il Doce, which is Mussolini, for those that right. don't know that. Trump has God-tier genetics, a self-described MAGA life coach. Brendan Dilley told his radio audience, displaying an adulation for the leader's special body that has marked acolytes of strong men for a century. Yet Trump's personal victory over the disease could not help him escape the taint of his government's negligence where the health of millions of others was concerned. In the month before November 2020 presidential election, 25 states set weekly death records and a total of 228,000 Americans had died to that point. The massive human loss and cascading economic woes brought by the pandemic likely contributed Trump's loss to Joe Biden. Yep. That, that's from the epilogue of this book. All right. You want to explain what you're reading to everyone so they can... Okay. I, I, like I said, I, I'm touting the book by Ruth Ben-Ghiat, which is called Strong Men, Mussolini to the President. It takes on the dictatorships of people like Vladimir Putin, Mobutu Sese Seko, Donald J. Trump, Viktor Orban, Augusto Pinochet Ugarte, uh, Narendra Modi, Saddam Hussein, Adolf Hitler, Muammar Gaddafi, Silvio Berlusconi, Mohamed Syed Barre, Idi Amin, Bolsonaro, the president of the Philippines, and um, the Turkish president, uh, Erdogan. Uh, even though I'm not sure that's how you pronounce this <laughs> Well, I'm going to read now from BBC News, okay? And this was the Tiananmen Square um, protest of 1989, okay? In 1989, um, Beijing's Tiananmen, Tiananmen Square became the focus for a large-scale protest which were crushed by China's communist rulers. The events produced one of the most iconic photos of the 20th century, alone, you know, that protester standing in front of a line of army trucks and tanks before he was killed, by the way. The events remain a highly I sensitive topic still in I was China. Like five years old. Sorry? I was five years old when that happened. So you were born in 1984? No, I was born in 79. Right, and this happened in 1989. Oh, you were shit, 10. I was 10, sorry. <laughs> Chevy can do the math. I love you, Chev. Um, the events remain a highly sensitive topic still in China, and one of the few remaining public memorials in Hong Kong has even been removed since they got it back, right? So I'm going to give you a, a rough uh, brief down of what led up to these events. In the 1980s, China was going through huge changes. The ruling Communist Party of the time began to allow some private companies and some foreign investments, right? 
The leader at the time was Deng Xiaoping, who hoped to boost the economy and raise living standards. However, the move brought with it corruption, while at the same time raising hopes for greater political openness. Right? The Communist Party was divided between those urging more rapid change and the hardliners that were wanting to maintain a strict state control. Yet in the mid-1980s, the student-led protests, that's when the student, students started leading protests, right? They took part, including people who had lived abroad and been exposed to new ideas and higher standards of living. That's what they're blaming it on. Um, and in the spring of 1989, the protests grew with demands for greater political freedom, which is something this country is going to end up doing at some point. Protesters were spurred on by the death of a leading politician, Hu Yaobang, right, who had overseen some of the economic and political changes. He'd also been pushed out of a top position in the party by political opponents only two years earlier. Tens of thousands gathered on that day of Hu's funeral in April, calling for greater freedom of speech and less censorship from the country's government. Yet in the following weeks, protesters gathered in Tiananmen Square with numbers estimated to be up to one million at their largest. The square is one of Beijing's most popular, obviously famous landmarks, right? And the government's response to this, this is what gets me. At first, the government took no direct action against the protesters, right? They let them do it. And then party officials disagreed on how to respond. So um, there were some backing concessions and others were wanting to take an even harder line, say these people need to be punished because they're going against what we teach. And the hard line is unfortunately were the ones that won the debate. And in the last two weeks of May, martial law was declared actually on Beijing. On the 3rd to the 4th of June, troops began to move towards Tiananmen Square, opening fire, crushing and arresting protesters to regain control of the area. Um, it's an image that China's forgot a lot of, okay? On the 5th of June, a man faced down a line of tanks heading away from the square. He was carrying two shopping bags and was filmed walking to block the tanks from moving past. He was pulled away by two men, and it's not known what happened to him, but he's become the defining image of these protests, right? Um, the image I remember is a student actually going up to the tank with a flower and getting and shot. The other guy was uh, crushed. Yeah. No one knows for sure how many people were killed in that. Because at the end of June in 1989, the Chinese government said 200 civilians and several dozen security personnel had died. I didn't know security personnel were, were um, allowed fucking tanks and artillery shit. The other estimates, of course, have ranged from hundreds to maybe many thousands. And yet in 2017, a newly released UK document revealed that, that a diplomatic cable from the British ambassador to China... And that was, um, I believe, Sir Alan Donald at the time had said that ten over ten thousand people died at that incident because people were protesting because they wanted more political freedom, they wanted more rights, they wanted more open minds for their economy to grow and for the people to be able to grow and you know lift themselves up. So, discussion of events that take place that took place in Tiananmen Square, right? They're so sensitive. In China, right? You, you, it's not something you are allowed to really openly discuss, right? Um, the memorial that they had up there, they've actually took that down. Um, posts relating to the massacres are regularly removed from the internet and tightly controlled by that government. So don't... So 
to me, China is in a state of authoritarianism, almost to dictatorship, because they're removing posts that their people could actually get to learn of the histories in the past of what's been but going on. But they also don't have the problem that most other countries under an authoritarian um, have. They don't have open rebellion. No. That China is a totalitarian society. Right. Because their government controls everything from what you eat to what you wear and what you watch on TV. I mean, yeah, they do. And you know who else does that? North Korea, believe it or not. Yep. Um, you know, the Communist Party runs China, the Chinese country, right? Uh, the country of China. And it's called the Communist Party of China. Um one of its leading roles is enshrined in the constitution and it controls the government, the police and the military. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got some 90 million members and it's organized like a pyramid with uh, it's a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. It's like a, a Politburo and eventually the president currently is uh, Jinping at the top, right? Xi Jinping, yeah. Jinping. Yeah. I can't pronounce it. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Um, I'm still learning some Chinese. Don't ask. While there's a parliament, the National People's Congress, it's just merely rubber stamps the decisions taken by the party leadership. So, in other words, no matter what the party leadership says, goes. Yeah. They don't really get a word. There's no democracy to that. Which um, is what, it's a pyramid that's controlled from the very top, right? Which is exactly what the GOP want. They right. Want unlimited power over everything. <clears throat> Even the air you breathe. Which, if they get their way, it would be full of toxic. Uh, stuff. And here's here's another interesting thing about that that pyramid of control that they have in China. Around seven percent of the population are members of the party. Only seven percent of the whole population. Um, and which is their top one percent, right? Like like our American top one percent, right? And loyal membership is essential for anyone who wants to succeed in China, yep. whether in politics, business, or even entertainment. So that to me says this. We have a lot of um, American businessmen out there or businesswomen that have invested their firms into China. But according to Chinese politics, you cannot have your ethics and codes of factories and shit developed over there unless you have already pledged and become one of that top 7% of loyal members to the Chinese Nationalist or Chinese uh, uh, Party, okay, uh, Communist Party for China of China, which says a lot because the Trumps have a lot of business over there, right? You, hell, the Communist Party doesn't even tolerate dissent. Eighty-five percent um, of our consumer goods come out of China, right? And did you know that the they don't the Communist Party, the Chinese Communist Party, doesn't even have any opposition parties. They're not permitted. No, it's a one. It's a one. And party the, the critics of the government risk persecution and death. Yeah, the <laughs> you get that in authoritarian societies too, mm-hmm. where uh, you speak out against the party and you disappear. Again, something the GOP want here. At the very top now, obviously, is President Xi, right? Um, early in 2018, so he's been there forever, the party abolished the conventional two-term presidential limit. 
Yeah, he, he is president for Allowing life. him to remain in office indefinitely. And isn't that's what Trump wants. Trump has said that. Yeah. And he is friends with these people. What's yeah. to say that he's not already paid his seven, you know, his, his uh, dues for his loyalty fees to well, China? That, that, that's an interesting point because you would think, uh, with, even with Putin, he, cha- he made a constitutional amendment that says he stays in power until 2036. Right. So that that's just another thought, right? Um, I think we're headed that way. Yes. Right? And then I think uh, it's pretty bad because this is all going on. This is all ongoing, right? And it's unfolding. And if people actually looked, you know, used their eyes and use the brains and the resources that they have at their fingertips, uh-huh. they would see the same thing, right? Well, You'd it, hope. It's like, it, it, it's like people saying that uh, there's no way America is becoming a fascist state. No, there's, there's no becoming to it. We already are a fascist yeah, state. Yeah, we're already there. And, and the, the other thing that's been echoed right now, which is really horrible, is that Xi, President Xi of China is actually one of the most powerful leaders since Mao. Yes. And that's really, really scary thought because their military service and their uh, dictation compulsive of military service, plus the fact that they have just opened up their ban of one child per couple. Yeah. Because they want to train more military generations. Dudes. They wouldn't need... There's, for there's anyone that's for told you. me they'll need help from their buddies Russia or North Korea to wipe out... No, honey. There's, they they do it all by the sweet sales. Speaking of that one child thing. Yes. And, you know, whatever. There's That's another thing that's common between uh, all the authoritarians in history and present. What's baby that? booms. Trump made that, that promise. We're going to have another baby boom. Yeah, Why? Because, you know, we can barely afford white people are being replaced and, you know, all those conspiracies that he and his base spout. But the baby, the baby thing, it's okay. Authoritarians have a thing where it's not, you know, it's not your child. It's his child. Right. Uh, It's really, really disturbing be honest right there Mussolini did it you know with his multiple mistresses Gaddafi did it with the the girls he had kidnapped and put into his rape chamber Berlusconi did it Trump does it It, it's it's about bodies yeah and control Mhm. I mean, there's a lot of dodgy stuff on this too, right? Um, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I think about all these different things, and I'm like, it's not that I let it keep me up at night but it does it worries the crap out of me because i'm thinking uh you know there's going to be 
an uprising somewhere, right? And we may not even get to hear of it. It may be cut off because what is our media very good at doing? Um, misdirection, right? Misinformation. Misinformation another... and misdirection, right? It's just like a sleight of hand trick. Which You're is... watching this hand yep. here on the left, so you don't see what the right hand's doing behind your back, That's which another... is pulling the gun to shoot you. Okay, so Ruth, Ruth uh, Ben-Ghiat's book, Strong Men, yeah. it, she writes it in three parts. Right. Part one is getting to power. Right. That's your, your fascist takeovers, military coups, and authoritarian dis- ascents. Part two is tools of rule, which is, you know, let's make America great again. That's one of the tools. Mm-hmm. You know? Propaganda, virility, corruption, violence. And part three is losing power, which is your resistance and their downfall. It's really... Really, it's a must-read. Everyone should read this book, especially if they care about democracy. Right. Uh, it, it, the virility part is about uh, how these dictator wannabes like Trump. Right. They cl- like Trump and his multiple pay- uh, hush money payments. Mm-hmm. And all the women he's raped, like E. Jean Carroll. Shh. It's a play right out of authoritarianism well, and fascism. And well, everyone should be afraid of that. If you remember, um, the first time I ever man- I mentioned Idi Amin to you, you weren't sure who that was, right? Yeah, so they, I'm going to tell you, first off, he, he was book. a president of Uganda, right? And um, he came to power as a president of Uganda in a coup in 1971. All right, and he he was actually forced to flee the country in 1979, from what I understand. But he was uh, his full name was actually um, General Idi Amin, and I can't remember the rest of it. It's a really long name. Uh, he entered office through military. Idi Amin Daraumi was a Ugandan military officer and politician who served as the third president of Uganda. Right, his atrocities when he took over in that coup. His ruthlessness, his brutality of his regime. He was actually nicknamed by his own people and people around the world as the Butcher of Uganda. Okay. Um, And what was worse about this, and the reason I know about this is because Idi Amin was called the last king of Scotland. Believe it or not. Because alongside his many self-proclaimed titles, notice that self-proclaimed, not proven, Amin actually claimed that he was the uncrowned king of Scotland. And that title would later become novel title and a subsequent film title. But um, he was horrible. He was a horrible, horrible man. Um, he, the stuff that he did, um, it was just, oh my God. It, it uh, oh. Some of the stuff that he did was um, just <sighs> some of the stuff he did was just absolutely god awful. Okay, um, it's believed that well over three hundred thousand people were killed. Um, I think that was in the first year that he was in power. Um, he was a member of a small uh, Kakwa, which is an ethnic group of north uh, western Uganda. Um, he didn't have much formal education. 
He was a member of the King's African Rifles of the British Colon Colonial Army in 1946. That tells you anything. Um, although, and he even claimed to have fought in Burma, right? During World War II. But ah, that doesn't go. add up because his his records show that he was, wasn't in Amin's full title was His Excellency President for Life, Field Marshal Al Hadaji Dr. Idi Amin Dada, BC DSOMC, Lord of all the beasts of the earth and fishes of the seas and conqueror of the British Where Empire in Africa in general and Uganda in particular. This is page 12 of Strongman. Uh, that's, that's... It's the first paragraph on that page. Well, that was his official title. Well, he arose um, during a conflict with Obote, right? And on January the 25th in 1971, Amin staged a successful military coup, right? The, I, I mean, I can't say the man wasn't brilliant because he bloody well was, right? But he was evil and he was corrupted and, and he was dangerous. psychotic. <laughs> right. He ruled directly. Um, he shunned delegation of power. He was noted for abrupt Changes of mood, buffoonery to shrewdness, from gentleness to tyranny. Which Mostly he had tyranny. in common with Muammar Gaddafi. Mm -hmm. um, often extreme in his nationalism. Um, he expelled all Asians from Uganda in 1972, an action that led to the breakdown of Uganda's economy at one point, <laughs> believe it or not. And he publicly insulted Great Britain and the United States as well as numerous other world leaders. Which um, he has in common with Trump. <laughs> right. He was a professed Muslim. He reversed Uganda's amicable relations with Israel. He befriended Libya and the Palestinians in July 1976. He was even personally involved in the hijacking of a French airliner to Antibé, uh, known as the Antibé Raid after that. And he took, he also took tribalism, a, a long-standing problem in Uganda, to its extreme by allegedly ordering the persecution of Akholai Lango, right? And other ethnic groups. So the Akholai is one, the Lango is another. Um, there were so many groups that were lost in that, that indigenous groups of tribes that were lost during this time. And Amin came to be known as the Butcher of Uganda. Now, as Shiv knows, and not many other people do, my parents were missionaries. And I was actually born in 1971. But um, my parents were supposed to go on a mission with their church um, in the mid-1970s. And they found out that Idi Amin had got to power because they were actually planning on going to, um, I believe it was Uganda, down in that area, right? And they had to, they got told, they got, they had their tickets and everything and they got told by their church, no, stop. And my mom's like, what's going on? So... Um, apparently my parents did not go to do their missionary work that they did because one of the other things that the butcher of Uganda was doing was he was actually murdering any missionaries, anybody that was of any other religion other than Muslim or the Islamic faith. But then he'd swing that with mysticism. So it was kind of a weird deal. One minute he would be Muslim and very, very devout. And next minute he'd be, um... Islamic mysticism is what he called it, I believe. So his mood swinged and so did that. And he was very brutal. It was also rumored that he actually was a cannibal. And that he was actually eating people or eating the flesh of his enemies. Cooking and eating the flesh of his enemies. Or the people that he perceived as his enemies. Um, we all know that when people are a little bit 
Woohoo! They don't always see straight to be or clearly to begin with, and that is part of being a dictator. They do not see it clearly. They're like a cult. They see it and they it's live a in a personality cult. It is, and they live in a dissonance. So they're living out their fantasy. Their fantasy is their reality. It's not the reality of the situation, but to them it is. Um, and they're dangerous people because they're not that. They're easy to spot at a distance. But close up, not so much, See, if you think I, about it. Had some of these other dictators that mm-hmm. are mentioned in this book been alive during the Trump administration? Aside from Putin and Berlusconi. Right. I wonder if those dictators would say the same thing George W. Bush did about something that Trump did on uh, his January 20th, 2017 inauguration. Right. George W. Bush is quoted as saying, that's some weird shit. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if some of these, the old school dis- dictators like Mussolini, Hitler, Pinochet, Gaddafi right. would have all said the same fucking thing. That's some weird fucking shit. Because it wouldn't surprise me if they did or would have. Mm-mm. It makes you wonder, though, doesn't it? Um, Actually, I think I'm going to read this book again. (laughs) (laughs) It's that good. I'm going to pick. I I barely put it down. What? The three days it took me to read it. Mm. It was was one of those books. It was so damn good. You couldn't put it down. (laughs) I know you didn't. It didn't take long, and I barely got to read any of mine. But then I have been busy gardening and baking. Cause what did I make that you really enjoyed this week? Apart from the pita breads that you were munching before we came on air. Spicy? Did you not like your your spicy buns? Your sticky buns? Oh yeah, they're really good. Sorry, I'm sitting here looking at her like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> sticky buns. We made sticky buns. We also made hot cross buns, and we made blueberry biscuits. And see, I did like I, I like the hot cross buns this time around too, because well, they were the same recipe as the and sticky they actually buns. Stayed moist instead of dried out. In the mm, yes, but I changed the recipe just a smidgen. Let's see what else we got. Well, I was going to say that North Korea is like not looking so good, is it? Well, that's nothing. Um, you know that they've been trying to uh, get South Korea back? Yeah, they've been trying. They're hoping Trump will give it to them. I'm sure. Ay, ay, ay. But. It's just... Do we have anything else? You got any final words? Yes. Don't stick your fingers in the butter unless you're wearing gloves and you're doing it for a damn good fucking reason. Touch my butter again, I'll beat you. I was thinking more along the lines of don't stick your dick in a light socket. Well, I was thinking about wrapping it before you tap it. Yeah, that too. Promiscuity. Do you not think that is the reason that a lot of this STD shit's, like, you know, being spread around like margarine on... (laughs) That's what we call... That's what we call hoes back home. We call them margarine spreadable, you know, because their legs open better than a tub does. I'm not even touching that. I wouldn't I touch that so one either. It's a hole, honey. Don't touch the hole. I have so many things to say about promiscuity, but none of them are appropriate for any audience right now. Oh, come on. You know you want to. They're all fucking whores. 
There is that what, that that what you want me to say? Well, I, mean, I was uh, no, I was going to say you know that. All right, so I've noticed that in this younger generations that's coming up behind us, like the ones that have been from 2000 up, right, born from then up, I've noticed a lot of them seem to think that sex is the beat or sexual acts of gratification is the only way to show that you love someone or that someone loves you. And yeah, I know it's not. No, there, there, there is that. And they also don't believe in the concept of practicing safe sex. Or staying but, with one partner for more than two months. But, you know, uh, us people, the Gen X, from Gen, the Gen X. <laughs> yeah, we're the fuddy-duddies. You know, that, that generation. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, you want to be a whore? There's a corner for that. It's called the hostro. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to pee your pimp. Yep. Pimp gets 20%, uh, 50%. Hey, I, I'm having deja vu. Do you remember that conversation we were talking about? Even homeless people have to. Did we have that hey, on the my, air? My, 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 <laughs> my charity, you know, because, you know, giving ha- hand jobs to the homeless, you know. Okay. charity work. So here comes our advert for the day. Gardening. Because mer- cause choking a hoe is wrong. So, save a hoe. Send me mulch. And that um, will do us for this episode. We love you guys. Um, if you like us, please leave a nice little review, five stars. We will get back to you. If you put your name in there, you could even send us a funny wee story, and we'll see if we can top it. It's called verified listening. Yes. <laughs> and the other thing about that is we will give you an honorable mention. By the way, I want to say thank you again to everybody that has been listening and downloading us from all around the world. We and uh, it. it's, it's helping our numbers, but not enough. Yes. So Refer spread the word like the syphilis, darling. Spread the word. Yeah. Sorry, that was awful. No, no, don't spread the syphilis. Just spread the word that we're out here or out there, and yeah, we're definitely out there. Sometimes further than the universe. Love our brand of uh, disturbing comedy. And uh, the darker our sense of humor is, the better. So if you have any suggestions, and please, I don't want to do anything on cryptozoology before anybody else asks me, even though I love that subject. No. Uh, Yeah, occasionally I'll throw an odd conspiracy in, and I may even do something about gardening and cooking on the next show. And you may even find something on just the haggis. Love you guys. Peace out.